Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, let's talk about this country and talk about China and Russia and where we stand and how well we are prepared to take care of ourselves and how willing we are to take on that responsibility or unwilling we are to take on that responsibility. Last Sunday, Vice Admiral Mark Norman provided me his speaking notes from Friday night at the Conference of Defense Associations, in which he warned Canadians that our way of life is under threat because of successive federal governments have not treated Canadian national security and our ability to defend ourselves as seriously as we should. You can find the notes which I uh, published on my program's webpage, globalnews.ca slash Roy Green, globalnews.ca slash Roy Green. They're there for you to uh, read anytime. All the interviews there as well for you to listen to. And our podcast, and you can subscribe to the podcast right there at globalnews.ca slash Roy Green. I asked Admiral Norman if he would come on the program today. He spent some time with us last Sunday. But he would come on the program and speak some more about his notes and how significant what he said should be to all political parties, to the current government and future governments. Admiral Norman, uh, former commanding officer of the Royal Canadian Navy, former vice chief of the defense staff. Admiral, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Roy, and uh, good afternoon to you and your listeners. It was a pleasure to, uh, to talk to you. Well, thank you. Um, it's an honor to speak with you. Uh, you started your second sentence into your notes we're not taking defense and security seriously in this country, and our way of life is in jeopardy as a result. That's a wake-up call. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know it may appear to be a, a stark statement. Uh, perhaps some would argue it's uh, it's overstated, but I I genuinely believe that we have we have some serious issues. There's layers to this that uh, we we don't have all, we don't have the time to unpack completely. But fundamentally. Um, we we are not behaving seriously. Uh, we are perceived as weak. We are perceived as inconsistent. Uh, we are perceived as self-absorbed. Uh, and uh, as a result, I, I believe that uh, we are easily um, either disregarded, uh, circumvented, or ultimately uh, used by others to, to achieve their, their national objectives. And, and this plays out in multiple uh, ways, and it's not just about defense, and it's not just about defense spending, but certainly those are key issues here. It is a much deeper um, understanding and application of of the concept of security as we see ourselves in in what is becoming an increasingly insecure world. Yeah, Admiral, you uh, you went on to say that what you see is a quote woefully inadequate, arguably non-existent national security culture here in Canada. So we've become comfortable with this sense of, of what? That, uh, that we can always rely on our southern neighbor or 
that we're just not going to get involved. We're not going to play uh, play the in the in the in the big boys arena. I had a conversation with a friend the other day, and I said to the friend, "You know, the Russians and the Chinese would have more concerns about taking on Switzerland than they'd have taking on Canada." Well. <laughs> I'm not sure about that comparison. You got me chuckling. But nonetheless, I think, you know, the fundamental issue here is um, in terms of a lack of culture is that um, I, I think there's been a number of contributors to this. And, and I, I think your point is a good one that we have depended on others um, fundamentally. I go way back in history. We don't have a lot of time, but you know, we were part of, uh, you know, the British Empire. We then became under the protection of the United States, due in part to the geography that can't be denied. And um, we didn't get a free ride, um, but we certainly got a very uh, cheap ride. And, uh, you know, it, it's just got to a point now where the threats are not just in the physical domain. They're not just about um, the physical geography of North America, they're much deeper, much broader, and we're not talking about them. And, and you know, your previous story, you were talking about issues related to possible uh, election interference and these types of things. Cyber attacks are happening more and more frequently, and these are things that go right to the heart of how our entire society operates and functions on a day-to-day basis. And when those things start to become um, jeopardized, I think we need to start taking it far more seriously. That's really the message I'm trying to communicate. Yeah, and, and there's this, uh, there's this, uh, let's see, one sentence, one sentence. I genuinely believe that the global security situation has fundamentally changed in the past few years, and the complacency and attendant risk management approaches to defense and security matters implemented by successive governments of all political orientations have severely undermined not only our credibility as a nation, but more importantly, our national security, which takes us back to what you said at the beginning, that we're looked at, I won't say as a joke, but we're not terribly concerning to anyone. Uh, and, and it's successive governments, and we can't just point at one party and one government. It's been going on for decades, and our security has suffered, our intelligence has suffered, and we walk around as though everything's fine, Admiral. It's, it isn't. Remind us, please, of, of and you just talked about the several threats, but what is the most significant threat this country faces to our way of life? Well, I, I would say it is, the, it is the rapid and disturbing growth of China and uh, its actions with respect to both undermining um, the uh, global system that, that Canada has enjoyed operating in for the last 80 plus years, and it's uh, it's clear attempts to reset um, the global order, both in terms of economics, uh, global supply chain, uh, financing systems, um, the uh, rules-based system that we refer to frequently, um, understanding of physical sovereignty as it relates to the uh, ongoing concerns in the South China Sea and, the, and Taiwan, uh, it's just an ongoing list. And, and they're being very strategic in their actions. They're playing a long game. And, uh, and we're, what we're reacting to are symptoms of what is a much deeper and disturbing um, set of strategies that China's had in place for decades and, and is, uh, is, is implementing in order to 
reset the system in their in their preferred order of things. Yeah, and you said as well, our way of life. Um, uh, let's see now. Canada, however, is no longer immune to events on other, the other side of the world, and nor is our way of life guaranteed simply because of our proximity to the United States. That's what we like to bank on. Oh, the Americans will be yeah. there for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and they always have um, because it was in their interest to do so. But I mean, we're seeing a shift in in the, the, the approach of the United States, both domestically and as it relates to the Canada-U.S. relationship, um, we're seeing we're seeing the fact that there there are other countries who are not as physically or geographically close to the United States that are now much more closely aligned. Um, the recent, uh, well, now a year old or so, um, AUKUS, uh, Australian, UK, U.S. Um, relationship is an indicator of the fact that um, the United States will never deny that we're a friend and an ally, but um, in terms of relative priority, uh, we've taken a serious hit in the last uh, year or so. And I think it's a direct function of the fact that we're we're not being perceived as credible in the way we're acting and behaving. So uh, you know these these are these are all indicators. Uh, there's no one single event or one single threat or one single problem, but it is a very complex um, you know system. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm not seeing as many positives on, on the ledger sheet as I think we should be seeing. Admiral Norman, when I, when I watched, um, and I said atomic submarines, I don't know what I was thinking, comic books, uh, nuclear submarines. When, when I watched the prime ministers of Australia and the UK and the president of the United States talking about the, uh, confirming the AUKUS agreement, we know what it is. We should have been there. Canada should have been there. It must, it must hurt you as the former commanding officer of the Royal Canadian Navy, to know that we're not there, that our Navy isn't represented, our Navy cannot do what it is tasked to do, and had you not provided the supply ship, we wouldn't even be an international Navy. We'd be a coastal defense force. But that, that must have been disturbing to you, seeing this go on without Canada. Yeah, it is. And, you know, there's no denying it. I think you've set it, set it up well. I'd add a couple of other perspectives that are a little less personal. Um, you know, the first thing is I'm very um, disappointed with uh, the dismissive nature of uh, the conversation by some, including the prime minister, who uh, a year ago uh, dismissed the conversation around AUKUS as being only about submarines, um, because it's not. It's much deeper than that, which is why it is of concern to me. Um, we could have a discussion about the merits of, of a one type of submarine against another, but that's not what this this discussion is about today. Um, but what's what's really um, at play here is cooperation um, in a highly classified uh, discussions um, around very important technologies like quantum, like um, biometrics, like um, acoustics, uh, which are fundamental to the deeper issues around uh, submarine warfare itself, not just the submarines, uh, hypersonic weapons. Uh, there's a whole variety of technologies that are being um, uh, discussed and shared and cooperated on um, through this agreement. And the other disturbing element of this is, is that those who tend to categorize this as some sort of um, club, uh, very dismissive, uh, you know, um, colonial white guys club. And I think that, that that sort of language is absolutely inappropriate. 
uh, for a variety of reasons, and I've seen it in social media and elsewhere. And I just want you know your listeners to understand that that, that, that this is a key development in international um, security and defense. And uh, we are absent, and I think it should be of concern um, why we are absent. Um, and and I think it is going to uh, further degrade our reputation and our ability to influence others um, as we go forward. But, you know, that's a long answer to your question. No, but, but what are we capable of today, Admiral Norman? If we, if we had to stand up, if we had to stand up and defend ourselves, fight for ourselves, what are we capable of? And I'm not suggesting that our military, our men and women in the military are not uh, completely devoted to this country and, and wouldn't sacrifice everything, including their lives. But they don't have what they need. But what are we capable of? Yeah, so I mean, so there's the essence of quantity and quality, and and let's let's put credit where credit is due, and let's say that we do have, as you suggest, uh, very good people, and I genuinely believe that. That was my experience for my entire career, and I have no reason to think that it's not continuing. But yeah, there, there's an element here of of bench strength. I used that I used that term in our last conversation. We don't have any bench strength. We can put a line. Um, on uh, on the ice, but uh, we're not going to be able to play a full game. Now, some would argue, well, you know, what, what what's the point? Why do we need? Who are we fighting? That's not it. Even if we accept the fundamental premise of our defense responsibilities, which is, A, that we will ensure that Canada is not a uh, pathway for others um, into the United States or elsewhere, and that we will contribute in a useful and meaningful way to collective security, both in terms of NORAD for North America and more broadly as part of NATO. Um, we, we struggle to maintain a 1,000-person battle group deployed um, uh, in, in Latvia on the Russian border. Uh, we struggle to maintain a 1,000-person battle group, which, by the way, does not have the right equipment um, given the ongoing threat in that part of the world. And Canada has been, the Canadian forces have been arguing to get air defense and other capabilities like that for years uh, that we've now sent to Ukraine. I agree fully that we should send those to Ukraine, but our own Canadian sons and daughters don't have the capabilities that they should have sitting on the border in Latvia. And I use that as an example. And the same problem applies to the, the Navy and the Army, or, or sorry, the Navy and the Air Force um, with respect to there's not enough of it, the stuff they have isn't new enough, and there aren't enough people, and, and they're losing people faster than they can bring them in. And I believe genuinely that one of the contributors to that problem is the fact that the armed forces in Canada is not um, appreciated by the very society that it's there to protect. The government is not helping institution be recognized and appreciated and as a result, Canadians are not choosing to serve their country um, because they don't see the opportunity to serve in the armed forces as being something meaningful. And that goes right back to the opening exchange that we had about the lack of a security culture in this country. Yeah. If we genuinely thought that security was important, we wouldn't be having conversations about why people are or aren't joining the Air Force. Yeah, very they much would, so. Yeah. So, you know, it's all connected, unfortunately. And uh, we're in a bad place right now. If you want to hear more, 
Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 